Malawelele, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up, a call by the Pacific Islands Forum to keep women's rights at the centre of the pandemic and climate change discussions at the 66th session of the Commission of the Status of Women. Women are disproportionately impacted by climate change. Any disaster impacts on women and girls more intensely than it does on men. Papua New Guinea prepares to mark World Tuberculosis Day. We will see another more than 4,000 deaths from tuberculosis alone. And we speak to three Pacific leaders recognised by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth through this year's Commonwealth Points of Light Awards. The Commonwealth Points of Light Award is an award given out by Her Majesty the Queen as Head of the Commonwealth. A call to action has been issued by the Pacific Islands Forum at the 66th session of the Commission of the Status of Women in New York City. A number of Pacific leaders want to ensure women are at the centre when it comes to the pandemic recovery and the global climate fight. Lydia Lewis has more. Pacific leaders like Fiji's ambassador and permanent representative to the United Nations, Satindra Prasad, is using the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women as a global grandstand to shine a light on women's rights. Women are disproportionately impacted by climate change, by biodiversity loss. The collapse of coastal fisheries impacts upon women first. Any disaster impacts on women and girls differently and more intensely than it does on men. After two years of mostly virtual meetings due to the pandemic, this year negotiations for CSW66 have been held in person, with the exception of some online sessions. Mr Prasad says global financing for climate issues like grassroots initiatives led by women can evoke real change. Already Pacific receives on the front lines of climate change less than 2% of climate finance in grant systems goes to the small islands of the Pacific. Of this already very small share, less than 1% goes to women's uh, women's organisations. Lead researcher and staunch advocate for diversity and equality in the workplace, Professor Peggy Fairburn-Dunlop is thrilled New Zealand took part. She was also a speaker on the Women's Economic Empowerment Panel. My mother and many others were the earliest migrants to New Zealand from Samoa and they came just happy to have any job. But they also brought with them these cultural norms of don't question because of respect, but also keep quiet for fear of losing your job. The discussion explored what the world would look like if women had the same access to leadership, decision making and opportunities as men do in light of climate change and COVID-19. Professor Fairburn Dunlop says in any one year in New Zealand, women need to work six or seven weeks longer than men in the same role to achieve the same financial outputs, with Pacific women impacted even more so. My one question has been, you know, how many Pacific people are working in your workplace? How many women are working in your workplace generally? Where are they placed? You know, and what are their responsibilities? And the third one, which is particularly 
difficult is, and, and what is their pay? She says climate change clearly impacts Pacific women. With the recent volcanic eruption and tsunami in Tonga, an example of this. Explaining Pacific migrant women play a key role in sending remittances back home, especially in times of disaster. When you put that next to the fact that Pacific women in New Zealand are largely based in the lower levels of the workforce, then whatever Pacific families send back home has a significant impact on the quality of life, if you like, of Pacific families in New Zealand as well. New Zealand's Minister for Women, Jan Taniti, says times of crisis, economic uncertainty and stress lead to an increase in sexual and gender-based violence. She says the pandemic's shadow has prompted a rise of domestic violence and so has climate change. Pacific Shifting the Power Coalition Fiji leader Sharon Bagwant-Rolls supports 23 Pacific Island women leaders, empowering them to lead change in their region. She says the evidence is clear. We're at a point where I feel there can no longer be a need to ask the question, why should women be part of decision-making around this big issue of climate change? But how can Pacific Island women be included. Ms Bhagwan Rolls is the only female leader who has been at CSW 66 in New York in person due to COVID-19. She believes more investment is needed for initiatives led by women on the ground in the Pacific. What we would ask of the Prime Ministers of both New Zealand and Australia is to think about how they can work to get those resources to women on the ground when they need it in the amounts that they needed it as well. She wants UN agencies to include Pacific women in high-level discussions, saying having women at the centre will turn talks into action. It's described as PNG's number one killer, with thousands acquiring the disease every year. Tuberculosis has long posed a serious threat to the people of Papua New Guinea, but the COVID-19 pandemic has made it worse. This coming Thursday is World TB Day, but the civil society group Business for Health, or B4H, want to see a greater emphasis on raising awareness about the disease. Project manager for B4H, Anne Clark, told Don Wiseman that they want to see a year-long focus on the deadly disease. She explained how COVID-19 has affected TB treatment. The situation for TB in 2022 is now worse than it was in 2017 when PNG was showing progress against achieving reductions in the rates of TB in PNG. So the coronavirus pandemic and all of the associated measures has disrupted progress on PNG's achievements in reducing the burden of tuberculosis. So World TB Day in 2022 is more important than ever before. Are you able to give us a handle on numbers? Yes, and reporting in these times has been very difficult. But what we do know is that, and this is a very clear and direct measure, is that there was a reduction in case notifications in PNG because people weren't turning up to get tested. And if we base the case finding rates on 2019, we estimate that there will be 40,000 cases of 
TB in PNG this year. And like in 2019, where we, where we know the, the numbers were more accurate, we will see another more than 4,000 deaths from tuberculosis alone. Huge, isn't it? It is. There is no value in comparing numbers from one disease to another. But any delay in case finding for a tuberculosis patient is potentially a death sentence. But the coronavirus for most young people with no comorbidities is not a death sentence. It's a very serious illness with potentially lethal implications. But Papua New Guineans are largely young. People with TB are mostly of working age or children, which is quite a different profile from, from the coronavirus. So getting people to reacquaint themselves with the differences in the diseases just complicates things. So World TB Day, but you want mm -hmm. to make it World TB Year. Yeah, yes, we do. Because TB treatment lasts a minimum of six months. And if it's complicated tuberculosis, it might be longer than that. If it's drug resistant tuberculosis, it might also be more complicated and more difficult to adhere to. So it takes a year to cure a patient of TB. So we need people to be attentive around the issues of tuberculosis and helping people to speak openly and to seek help for TB absolutely every day. So World TB Day is the start of our campaign. With your association with businesses, what are you aiming specifically to have them do? How will they help this process? Well, first of all, they pay us. And if the wealthier businesses in town become our sponsors, what we know for sure is that healthy people are usually wealthier people, therefore they spend more money and they're better for the economy in very crude terms. From a business perspective, if a business learns to manage the cases of TB amongst its staff and their families better, they become more productive and therefore more profitable businesses. So the business case is clear. If you engage with us to learn how to manage TB better, your staff will cost you less. You won't have to replace them. They'll be healthier and more productive. When you talk about extending out for a year, you've got a whole series of programs planned, I presume. Yes. So what we usually do through the year, so our song contest is merely to get your attention, Don, and I'm very disappointed you won't sing for us on radio. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the point is we run training programs to make sure that from senior management level through HR departments down to the shop Floor, workplaces have the culture of being able to seek help without fear of losing their job and can expect support when they put their hand up needing help to get access TB treatment. But the other really big thing in understanding TB services is that TB treatment can be accessed for free. And a lot of workplaces do not understand that because a lot of workplaces, in especially larger workplaces, are often managed by expatriates in Papua New Guinea. And there's that sense that private medical services may be better or more efficient. But the reality is 
that when people learn to understand the very excellent world-class TV services in PNG, not only is it free, but it means that family, extended family and community members learn to also access TB services because TB is not genetic. TB travels with the person who is coughing and wherever they go. And that that requires a whole of community input and access to services which are good and excellent. They're there, but a lot of workplaces don't understand that clinical pathway. If someone's got TB and they get COVID, what happens? What we know is that they are both respiratory viruses. It seems that the Omicron variant doesn't seem to affect the lung tissue in quite the same way. But what we also know is that the Delta variant did not disappear. We also know that there are other variants maybe brewing at any time. The death rates in, say, Hong Kong with this new variant are largely as a consequence of a very low level of vaccination in the older population of Hong Kong. And it may not be as virulent as in it kills as many people, but it's so infectious, many more people are being infected. So if we go back to that discussion about age, if we have the new variant in PNG, many, many people may not be very, very sick, but older people who are already sick are more likely to be very, very unwell. Those who are vaccinated are less likely to get sick. Anne Clark speaking to Don Wiseman. Three Pacific leaders have been recognised by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth through this year's Commonwealth Point of Light Awards. The annual awards were established in 2018 to acknowledge extraordinary individuals across the 54 Commonwealth countries for their outstanding contribution. Susana Suisuiki has the story. The Pacific recipients hail from around the region, including Aotearoa New Zealand, the Solomon Islands and Samoa. The British High Commissioner to the Solomon Islands and Nauru, Mr Thomas Coward, says the awards is about celebrating, inspiring individuals. I've seen firsthand some of the work that these Points of Light Award winners have done in their communities, and it's really powerful, really powerful in helping people and modelling kindness. Matt Brown, the co-founder of the anti-violence movement, She Is Not Your Rehab, says while he's honoured, he will not pause to celebrate until family violence is diminished. The movement aims to break the cycle of family violence and toxic masculinity, something Brown had witnessed as a child through his mother. Brown says breaking the cycle starts with the men. Violence against women is, is very real. Um, and yes, we know that there is violence against men too, but um, I'm speaking from my personal personal lived experience. And so it was our invitation and our call out to men to really take responsibility for their for their healing. You know, that your childhood trauma um, is not your fault, but your healing is definitely your responsibility now. The Chief Commissioner of the Solomon Islands Scouts Association, Joe Billy Oge, says being recognised by Her Majesty has boosted his confidence. The Scouts Association is among the oldest and biggest youth movement in the country, operating for almost a century. Nearly 70% of the Solomon Islands population comprises of youth, and August says that listening to young people is just as important as preparing them for adulthood. So we as leaders must take this time to engage and hear from them, as well as young people, uh, what they are going through. So that's, that's what I, I feel 
especially empowering young people, is very important at this point in time. Having lived through multiple civil conflicts, Oge says having courage has steered him through and is something he wants to pass on to the next generation. In Samoa, Fusima Sina Tietie of the villages of Fusisafata and Siosenga was awarded for her work as a women's rights activist and her online blog Her Voice. She is the 204th recipient of the award. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you are using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. 